Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father, through His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Word of God that calls for our attention this morning comes to us from the prophet Ezekiel, chapter 33, particularly verse 11. Say to them, as I live, declares the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn back, turn back from your evil ways. For why will you die, O house of Israel? So far our text. Towards the end of our Old Testament reading this morning, God takes Israel to task for a statement that they say in angst. But it's actually a very true statement. The way of the Lord is not just. And thankfully for us, the way of the Lord is not just. Because he looks at each of us and asks the question, why will you die? Why not choose the path of life? Because as a holy God, he could easily just zap each and every one of us out of existence. And we would have been gone long before, well, most of us long before we were ever even thought of. Because he could have just wiped everybody out with Adam and Eve and just said, I'll just leave the animals behind. But the way of the Lord is not just. So he asks the question, why will you die? And he says it over and over again throughout the prophets and the apostles. Because he's calling people to repentance. Calling people to turn from their ways. Because he understands why we die. And so do we. Especially as we look in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. The wages of sin is death. Each and every one of us deserves to die. Because unless somebody's holding out on me, there's not somebody here without sin. So Jesus himself, as he is speaking to the crowd that is gathered around him during Holy Week, with all the calamities that they bring up to him, says, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. And when Jesus uses the word perish, it's not just that they'll die, because that's all of us. Perish, for Jesus, when he says it, is eternal death. Torments of hell forever. So when they bring up all the different things that have happened, the Galileans whose blood Pilate mixed in with their sacrifices, he asked, were these Galileans worse than every other Galilean? The 18 that the Tower of Siloam fell on, were they worse sinners than anybody else in Jerusalem? And of course he says no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Paul brings this out in our reading from 1 Corinthians this morning. Our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and all ate the same spiritual food and all ate the same spiritual drink. All of them were the same. They all had the same experiences. They all had the same blessings. And yet with most of them, they died in the wilderness because they would not listen. So he tells Ezekiel, 
You, son of man, I have made a watchman for the house of Israel. Ezekiel, one of the latest in the line of prophets that came through, starting even with Moses, bringing the people out from Israel, all the way down through their history, with the same question. Why will you die? Asking the people in the wilderness, why do you grumble and complain about everything? When you saw all the great works that God did in Egypt, you saw the Red Sea part right in front of your eyes. Why do you choose death over life? And the simple thing is, that's the way we're wired. We're wired with a heart that wants what we're not supposed to have. Wants things on our time. Wants things in our way. There might be a better way, but no, we want it our way. Even if it's not the best way. And so God sends prophet after prophet, apostle and apostle, pastor after pastor, to continue asking the same question. Not because God wants to sit there and cause you to go into a mass suicidal chaos, but he's calling for repentance. He's calling for you to shove off your wickedness and to follow after the path that leads to life. As Paul says, these things happen to them as an example and were written down for our instruction. We have the examples of all the saints throughout history. They're good, they're good things, they're bad things. But most of all, their faith, when they turned to God, like the Father who's standing there at the bottom of the Mount of Transfiguration, trying to figure out why the disciples can't cast the demon out of his son. And says to Jesus, if you can do anything. Well, we remember Jesus takes him to task for that little word, if. What's his proclamation? Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. That is the cry of every Christian seeking to return to the Lord their God. And they have that opportunity because as he says, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. God wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And so even in this life, he says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. Nothing is uniquely special about you when it comes to temptation. It's all the same that somebody else has had before. But God provides the way of escape with the temptation. Not the way to overpower it, not the way to overcome it. The way of escape, that you may endure it. And that endurance leading you to the free gift of God, which is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The psalm started out this morning, Lord, you were favorable to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. Something he absolutely did not have to do. Because Jacob, as a person or as a nation, was nothing but one who walked away over and over again. Yet how was God? Yes, he afflicted them with various things and punishments. 
But with each of the punishments, he's there with open arms to welcome them back, to forgive them, and to cover all of their sin. And so he says to Ezekiel, Though I say to the wicked, you shall surely die. Yet if he turns from his sins and does what is just and right, he shall not die. None, none of his sins will be remembered. None of your sins are remembered. Whether it's the water or the font, the hearing of the words of absolution, where you hear, as a called and ordained servant of Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. They're all gone. It's not, well, I'll, I'll take most of them away. You get to keep a couple of them. No, all of them are gone and remembered no more. It's those promises that lead us also in the psalm to beg God to show us His steadfast love, to grant us salvation. By ourselves, we have no right to ask either of those, but only because of the promise that He gives. The promise that His righteousness will become our righteousness. That is why the confession, prayer, and divine service four, even though it's the shortest of all of them, has everything so succinctly. Almighty God, this is why we have the book in front of us. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us our sins and lead us to everlasting life. Everything we need in a prayer or confession, right there in those three simple statements. Because that's what we need. Mercy, forgiveness, and leading. And so we ask the question, with all these things promised to you from God, why will you die when you have been freely offered life everlasting? Amen.